This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Uh, interesting conversation that's taking place. Now, if, if you listen to the show, I've said a hundred times before that I didn't think the Liberals would let Justin Trudeau lead them into the last election with all the baggage he had. I don't know if they could identify anybody that would be a, a reasonable replacement. Who knows? I was wrong. For whatever reason, Justin Trudeau did lead them into the last election and, as you know, uh, won a minority parliament. So, this time, things seem to be much, much worse. Uh, if they were bad then, they're really bad now, based on the polling that we're seeing. Uh, and we're already hearing about potential replacements. One name that's recently been bandied about is that of Mark Carney, former governor of both the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England. I, I didn't know this. His roots are in Alberta. Raised in Edmonton, in fact. Then he spent time at Harvard and at Oxford. Uh, spent some time on Wall Street and on Bay Street. He was in Tokyo. He was in London. So uh, suffice to say, his, his bona fides, check out. He, he's got the education. He's got the experience um, in the world of finance. But would that impressive background add up to prime minister material? And is he even the least bit interested? Curtis Gillespie, uh, he's won seven National Magazine Awards. He's the editor and co-founder of 18 Bridges Magazine and recently wrote a story on just this. The rock star banker, Mark Carney, is he now ready for politics? You can read it in The Walrus, and Curtis joins us now to give us some insight. Curtis, thanks for uh, joining us today. I appreciate your time. Happy to be here, Shay. I'm just laughing at the rock star banker line. It always makes me laugh. <laughs> it's, it, you can't think of more... A, if there ever was an oxymoron. That's... Exactly right. Two more <laughs> divergent terms. Uh, it, you're absolutely right. It's like jumbo shrimp. Um, yeah. <laughs> so right. he, he uh, first became a household name, at, insofar as bankers can become household names, let alone rock stars, right. when he took right. over as governor of Bank of, uh, Bank of Canada. And, and as we know, he took over right before things got really precarious in the world of finance and he got a lot of credit right for handling the financial crisis of 2008 pretty well for canada didn't he he really did in fact uh you could say that his career has kind of been defined by two major crises yeah uh one in canada and one in britain of course brexit uh, being the one in britain both of which he handled uh with uh with calm uh, with, uh, uh, you know, a relative de degree of, uh, wisdom and insight. And, uh, he came out of both of them looking pretty good, has to be said. Um, so he, he went and through. Sorry, Shay, I was going to also add that, uh, you know, Canada itself got a lot of credit in the financial world for coming out of 08, uh, coming out of the financial crisis with its banking system relatively intact. And, uh, some credit has to go to Kearney for that. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I think people overlook that sometimes, the fact that that crisis caused problems, massive problems. You know, you take a look at what happened in the U.S., and we came through it, um, I mean, not unscathed, but pretty close, pretty close. And yeah, Carney was the shape. guy. Yeah, in pretty good shape, for sure. Um, okay, so then, like you say, he had to try and stick-handle his way through Brexit, which, uh, boy, oh boy, what a mess. Um now that he's done, he's out of the central banking rules, there's a lot of talk mm -hmm. about a political career. He seems open to the possibility, right, Curtis? He hasn't ruled it out. He's sort of, yeah, maybe we'll see kind of thing. Uh, he definitely has not ruled it out. Um, personally, I think it's inevitable. Uh, I think he is uh, going about it the way that a central banker would go about it. He 
he's being he's being very cautious. He's weighing all the numbers. Uh, he is being very patient. Uh, he could easily have rushed into uh, running and challenging Trudeau in the last election, but he read the tea leaves and thought that it wasn't quite the right time. Uh, you know, maybe he thought Trudeau wasn't quite unpopular enough. That's not a problem now. Uh, and uh, so I, I think it's inevitable that he will uh, he will enter. It just depends on when. It depends on the, 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 the context, the circumstances. Um, you know, some commentators uh, are saying, and I agree with them, that he should run for office first. Uh, before trying to parachute in as a leader, because, of course, we all remember what happened to Michael Ignatius when he just completely flamed out uh, as liberal leader, and and he wants to very, very much avoid any parallels uh, with Ignatius' arc. So, uh, But, yeah, I think it's inevitable, and I think it just depends on, really, the timing. What do we know about his readiness? He mentioned Ignatiev, who had, again, a sterling background. All you know, The resume looked fantastic, very much like Carney, who has a fantastic resume. Um, but he, he has a bit more of a, quote-unquote, political life. Bankers aren't supposed to be political, but those lines got blurred sometime, especially around Brexit. What do we know about the way he would handle the politics, which right now are pretty vicious? Uh, that's the open question. Uh, you know, when it comes to banking, when it comes to international finance, when it comes to uh, speaking to economists at Davos, uh, he's brilliant. Uh, And he is a brilliant man. I mean, let's be clear. He is an extremely accomplished man. Uh, I, you know, don't want to cast any aspersions on Pierre Polyev, but he does not hold an intellectual candle to Mark Carney. But does that mean that Mark Carney is going to be a great politician? We don't know. Uh, it's a completely different uh, ball game. Uh, John Edison once said, you know, politics is a blood sport. Um, you know, the old line, uh, Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the nose. Uh, what happens the first time Carney goes, you know, on on the campaign trail and gets punched in the nose? We don't know. Uh, so I, I think it. Uh, I think it's. That's why I think it's really important for him to run first and find out what it's like to actually try to win office. Uh, and it's really important for Canadians to see what he's like before they have him sort of parachuted in as uh, as some kind of liberal leader and potentially prime minister. They, they might need one, though. That would be the only consideration there. Um, in terms of... It's not only his decision, you know, whether he runs as, and then takes over as finance minister or he does run as leader or whatever the case may be, the party will have a say and will be involved in how this all rolls out. He's already involved. Like, Gerald Butts was involved in editing his book. He said, so, I mean, he's got some party connections there that run pretty deep, right? I mean, they're all on board here. He has a lot of party connections. Uh, he's a lifelong liberal. Um, he is very, very tied to the liberal party. Uh, the liberal party loves him. Uh, but, you know, they also know that uh, Justin Trudeau kind of pulled the party out of the ashes. Uh, because don't forget, when uh, after Michael Ignatius ran the party into the ground, even people like Jean Chrétien were saying, geez, maybe the Liberals should merge with the NDP. Otherwise, 
you know, we're never going to be able to uh, take on Stephen Harper. But Justin Trudeau kind of rescued the party. So he does still have a lot of uh, credibility within the party. But I think if he leads the party into the next election, which I think he probably will, uh, and if he wins another minority government, which I think he probably will, then I think the party will get rid of him. I think they'll force uh, a leadership vote. I think he'll lose, and I think he'll be done. And then, and I, my guess, Mark Carney has never said this to me, <laughs> uh, but my guess is that's what Carney is waiting for, for the party to push Trudeau out. Yeah, and, and you think it's going to happen after the next election. I don't know if I agree with you on that one, Curtis. I don't know, based on what we're seeing in terms of polling right now, um, I, he, <laughs> I don't know if he'd lead them into the next election, and I don't know if he would win a minority if they did. I think it's, uh, I, I don't know, it, it, times are tough, so there's no doubt there is some opportunity there. But I guess we just have to watch and wait, right, which is what Carney's doing at this point. He's not tipping his hand at all. No, he's watching and waiting again. Yeah. He's he's doing it in a very methodical way. But, you know, in terms of Trudeau leading the party into the next election, I think it does depend on timing. If they wait till 2025, if the supply agreement with the NDP holds, uh, then then I do agree with you, Shay. Then I think he, that Trudeau might not make it that yeah. far. But if the NDP, you know, suddenly calls a no-confidence motion uh, and we have to have a snap election, the Liberals might be forced to go with Trudeau yeah. in, in the next election. Uh, but if, if we are looking at 2025, then yes, you might very well be right about that. It's going to be interesting until we get there. Curtis, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. <laughs> really it's my pleasure, Sherry. Thank you. That is Curtis Take Gillespie, uh, award-winning author or a magazine writer, uh, editor, and co-founder of the 18 Bridges magazine. And you can read his piece on Mark Carney and the Walrus.